Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. going on everybody welcome to hump days i mean wednesday's edition of murph's boston sports talk i am your host james murphy aka murph and how are you doing today this morning this evening this afternoon whatever time of day it is for you how are you doing ask yourself that hopefully it's good and if it's not hopefully this episode can help you feel better or at least okay right (laughs) Hopefully it makes you feel pretty good if you're having a uh, bad day. And if you're having a good day, hopefully this episode will help you have a great day because we do have a great episode in store for you. And I'm super excited to talk about a couple several topics, actually. But the first thing that I want to get into has nothing to do with Boston sports. But I wouldn't be surprised if they use this. And what I'm talking about is, you know those massage guns that are like, taken the world by storm well i got one today at walmart and it is fantastic let me tell you i've seen them on amazon and at stores for like 30 40 70 150 250 300 well let me tell you i'm not gonna tell you how much i got the one i got at walmart today it wasn't expensive and it wasn't cheap it was a good in between right now i've used a couple uh, massage guns before and they feel fantastic you hit that right spot, that, that sore muscle, and you hit it on whatever speed you that pleases you. Oh, it makes you feel so good. It makes you feel so much better. And it just, ugh, right? So obviously, as you know, I'm going into the military and I leave soon. I've been running. I've been trying to work out a lot to make sure I stay in shape and make sure that I'm good to go. And with working out, as you would know, if you work out, you get sore. You get sore after a while and... Kim isn't always around to give me a massage, you know, even though I would like one all the time. So I got the massage gun and oh my goodness, my quads, my hamstrings, my groin, my calf, my IT band. Oh my God. They felt incredible after just a minute or two of the massage gun, just on that muscle. Holy smokes, if you're an athlete, if you work out, if you do anything that makes your muscles sore, please go out and get a massage gun. It'll be the best investment you'll ever make. You'll never have to ask your significant other for a massage. You'll never have to go out and get a massage. You just charge it up, turn it on, and go right into your muscle group. Oh, it's fantastic. I ain't going to sit here and sell out for Walmart, but like I said, I got mine at Walmart and... I strongly recommend wherever you get it. It could be Amazon. It could be Cheapo Depot. It could be Walmart. It could be Amazon. Go get a massage gun. 
you will thank me. You will hit me up on social media at Murph's underscore Boston ST and say, Murph, thank you for the suggestion. Thank you for the recommendation. You have made my life a million and one times better. And I will be like, you are welcome. But you know what I'm not thankful for and what you're not thankful for is the Boston Celtics, right? So I think that was a pretty good transition, guys, right? That was a pretty good transition. So right now the Celtics are in the second quarter versus or at Cleveland playing the Cavaliers and they are currently losing 24 to 17 early in the second quarter with like a minute or minute and a half in. <sighs> These games are must win. Like I mean seriously, these games are must win and I'm not going to talk about it. There's three games left including tonight's game. And as of now the Celtics are going to play in the playing game. That's just a fact. They will be playing in the play-in game. This is abysmal. Literally, a week or two ago, four seed, battling for that four seed, battling for that five seed. Now it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about them. They lost an ugly game against the Bulls. They lost two ugly games against the Heat. Ugh. These are must-win games. Must, must, must win games. The game against the Magic on May 5th. Beautiful game. You basically torched them by 30. You lose to the Bulls by 20. You lose to the Heat by 6 uh, on Sunday, May 9th. And you lose to them yesterday uh, by 8 points. Now you're losing to the Cavaliers 28-23 to with a little over 9 minutes to go now in the second quarter. If you win these games, um, obviously excluding the Magic game that you won, if you won two out of three of those games that you lost, you're looking a lot better in the standings right now. But right now, it is must-win throughout, unless you want to play in that playing game, which it looks like it is. And just for the record, you could lose the last three games of the season, and maybe the Hornets and Pacers win, and you're looking at the nine seed. Hell, the 10 seed where the Wizards are is not out of the question. It is not out of the question. And it looks like that six seed where the Knicks and the five seed where the Hawks are, three games ahead of you, is not going to happen. It just is not going to happen. Don't know what happened. This team is 3-7 and seven in their past 10 games. But I am disgusted, as should you. If the Celtics are going to continue to play like absolute dog crap, dog shit, let's be real, dog shit, that I'm not going to give them the time of day to talk about this team and how this game was close, that player is playing good, and, you know, that player came back from injury, needs to go, whatever. Whatever the topic or the subject may be about the game, I'm not going to give them the time of day and talk about them if they're not going to go out there and perform and play like they should. One of those two games against the Miami Heat should have been won. That game against the Bulls should have been won. That game against the Magic that you did win should have been won. I'll give you that Trailblazers loss. You lost by 10 on May 2nd. Trailblazers are a good team. I can I can accept that loss. But when you're out there losing to teams like the Thunder and then the Bulls and the, um, <clears throat> the Knicks early on in the season, the Rockets, the Wizards when they sucked, what are you doing? What are you doing? So anyways, I'm not going to get sidetracked anymore. 
I don't want to talk about the Celtics anymore because they are abysmal, and I just don't think I they deserve to be talked about right now. We all know how I feel about the Celtics. I chewed them out last episode. I've chewed them out a million and one times on this podcast. I'm just sick of it, honestly, at this point. I'd rather them be in the lottery, to be honest, and have a chance to get a good pick than be in the playoffs. In the play-in game, I should say. Not even the playoffs. That's not even a guarantee the play-in game is going to be most likely. But let's talk about a team really quickly that is performing very well and that does deserve that does deserve our time of day and that's the Boston Bruins where they clinched the third seed the other night so yesterday's game was virtually meaningless they beat the Islanders 3 to 2 in overtime on Monday that is when they clinched the 3 seed they lost yesterday to the Capitals 2 to 1 in a game that was virtually meaningless no one really played on either side Literally 10 healthy scratches across the board for the Bruins, and I would assume the same for the Capitals. I didn't watch it. What was the point? But I do kind of want to go over the East Division and how it's going to set up and play out. Number one, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins with 77 points and 196 goals for. You have the Capitals with 77 points and 191 goals for. The Boston Bruins, third, with 73 points and 168 goals for. And then you have the New York Islanders wrapping up with the four seed, 71 points and 156 goals for. For a long time, the Islanders were number one, number one, number two for a long time in the se- season. Late, they kind of fell off a little bit. They couldn't score a lot of goals. They ended the season 3-4-3. Three, and three. You have the Bruins 6-3-1 in their last 10, the Capitals 7-2-1 in their last 10, and the Penguins 8-2-0. There was a good chance that the Bruins could sneak up and get the uh, the one or the two seed. But when you have the Penguins and the Capitals playing super well like they had been, it's tough to catch up to those kind of teams that are playing so electric. And when I broke down, when I broke down each of the team and where they're seated, I mentioned their goals for, and you could tell and see the massive difference between the top two teams and you. The Penguins, 196 goals for. The Capitals, 191. The Bruins, 168. The Islanders had 156. Don't really care about them at the moment. But I would say that's probably a reason why they fell all the way down to number four is because they couldn't put the puck in the net. They played great defense. They got great goaltending down the stretch, but they just couldn't put the puck in the net. They couldn't get runs on the board or goals on the board, I should say. Bruins had that a similar issue for a long time. Trade deadline, they bring in Taylor Hall, who's been playing phenomenal. The team's really kicked it into gear, turned it around, flirting, like I said, with that one or two seed. Ended with the three seed, but there's still a big difference between goals four, those top two teams, and then you. Is that going to be a problem with you moving forward in the playoffs where, <clears throat> excuse me, you're playing the Washington Capitals in the first round? So in hockey, it is team uh, seeds one versus four two versus three in the first round then the next division the winner of one versus four two versus you, you get the picture is 168 total goals going to be enough against the capitals where they score 191 will your defense be able to slow them down and stop them and will your offense be able to step up capitals have given up the most goals among the four teams that are in the playoffs in the east division with 168 where you've only surrendered 136 which is actually second behind the islanders who have scored the least and have allowed the least amount of goals. Something to keep noteworthy of as we proceed through the playoffs. But like I alluded to earlier, the Bruins will be playing the Capitals in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Something I'm looking forward to. Something a lot of hockey fans are looking forward to. Two tough, gritty teams that have had some battles this year. Tom Wilson, Brandon Carlo, Jared Tenorti. This is something I'm really looking forward to. Bruins will be in Washington for the first game and second game. First game, Saturday, May 15, 715. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait to tune in. Playoff hockey is one of the best things on this planet in terms of sports and entertainment. That is a fact, not opinion. Can't wait to see how the Bruins play, not just against the Capitals, but in the playoffs in general. This core, this group is really starting to run out of time to get another cup. They had their chance in 2019 when they lost in seven games to the St. Louis Blues. You lose Chara. Bergeron could be next. Rask, Marchand, Krejci. You know, your core, your team mold could soon be falling apart. And with Zdeno Chara not on the team this year, that is one piece removed. Soon, Krejci could be gone. His contract's up. Rask could be gone. His contract is up. Bergeron and Marchand aren't getting any younger, so... If it's not this year, what year is it going to be? And we kind of said that in 2019. They lost. 2020, they didn't make it. 2021, honestly, I <clears throat> I think they have a fair shot just like anyone else does in the East Division. So unlike another team that plays at the Garden as well, the Bruins are well-deserving to be in the playoffs. And I'm in- incredibly looking forward to them, how they perform against the Capitals in the first round. Unlike the Bruins, who have to go through a play-in game. <clears throat> To potentially get a spot in the playoffs. But I'm not going to go on that rant. I'm not going to go on it. You know, I have nothing but nice things to say against the Bruins. Fantastic season. Started off great. Kind of hit a lull on the uh, bubble being out. Came back, flirted with one of the top two seeds. Ended with third. Could have been worse. Could have been better. But you know what? Excellent season. They went out. They addressed needs at the trade deadline. Defense. Offense. I love what this team is bringing to the table for the 2021 Stanley Cup Finals. Like I said, looking forward to it. But I do want to transition over to the bulk of today's episode. No, it's not me ranting um, ranting about the Celtics. No, it's not me going bananas or whatever on the Bruins. It's the Patriots schedule. The Patriots schedule came out and I want to talk about it. So I haven't looked at it yet. I do know that they're playing the Dolphins week one at home. I do know that the Buccaneers are coming into town week four. Other than that, I have no idea what it looks like. It being 17 games this year, so we're going to have 18 regular season weeks. be very interesting to see how the bye weeks kind of play out now that there's an extra week added at the end. Are week four bye weeks going to still be a thing, or are they going to start with week five? How deep into the season are the bye weeks going to go this year? I believe th- week 13 was the latest bye week, and that was the Buccaneers, and I forget who, maybe the Panthers. It'll be interesting to see how late the bye week goes this year. Obviously, I don't really care about none of that right now. I just care about the New England Patriots, their schedule, and who they could potentially win and lose against. I will give you my opinion, win, loss, win, loss, and we'll see what we come with, come up with after 18 weeks of a regular season. See what I think, just off the top of my head, how I know these teams' rosters as of now and see if they're going to be better than 7-9 and nine come the end of the um, the new schedule. So week one, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots, like I mentioned, as a 425 start on Sunday, September 12th. I'll actually be back in town from the military to see that game. Very excited that I'll be able to catch, you know, first game of the new season a few days after I come home. 
I think the Patriots will win that game. Season opener in Foxborough. Miami Dolphins, good up-and-coming team, have a lot of promise. Are they going to figure out? We'll have to wait and see. But I think that new weapon, that new Bill Belichick Patriots team, is going to shine and perform at least on week one and hopefully on week two as well where they play at the New York Jets Sunday, September 19th at 1 o'clock. It's the Jets. Is Zach Wilson really going to change that team and make them a contender this year? No. It's the Jets. (laughs) What more do you want me to tell you? That should be an easy win. I know you danced with them a couple times last year, but last year's team sucked. Let's just be honest, okay? I've I've complained about the Patriots before. Their team sucked last year. I think their team's a lot better this year. You shouldn't be dancing with the New York Jets late in the fourth quarter. I think that's a win where they go to 2-0. and Sunday, September 26th at 1 o'clock, the New Orleans Saints come into town. I don't really know. <clears throat> they have a great team. Offense is still really good, even without Drew Brees. That defense is still really, really good. I could see this game going both ways, but I think this might be a game where the Patriots run into a hiccup and they might take that loss. I don't know where the problem could be. Is Jameis Winston going to shred our defense? Who knows? Is our defense going to just kind of fold over and let him throw for 400 yards? Is our offense going to get stopped by their defense? Don't know. But I could see the Saints winning that game. So 2-1 and one so far for the Patriots. And then week four, the big game, October 3rd at 820, so Sunday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come into town to play the New England Patriots. Bill versus Brady. Student versus teacher. Master versus apprentice. I don't know. That's a good game. I think the Bucs will probably win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bill can just shove it. Just shove it. Into Tom and just be like, listen, you won the Super Bowl, but you're still not better than me. At the end of the day, I think the Bucs will win. I think they're a much better and more complete team leaving the Patriots 2-2 two and two after the first four games. Sunday, uh, October 10th, excuse, uh, yes, October 10th at 1 o'clock, Patriots go to Houston to play the Texans. The Texans are in shambles. I think the Patriots should win this game. They should win it easily. You know, I know the Texans brought in a lot of free agents, but they didn't bring in guys like the Patriots brought in. That team still sucks. They're still at the bottom of the barrel in not just the AFC, but the league in general, despite having Deshaun Watson. Who knows what his future holds with the team and in the league with his whole civil lawsuits and all that good, I guess, bad nonsense. Three and two for the Patriots exiting the matchup against Houston in week five. Week six, the Dallas Cowboys is that new game that was added with the 17th, with the new 17th game of the regular season. Dallas Cowboys come into town to play the Patriots Sunday, October 17th at 425. Another good game. This is another good game. Dak's going to be healthy. That offense is really, really good. That defense is okay, I guess. Uh, I don't know. This is going to be a good one. I think if this was in Dallas, I think the Cowboys could win. But since it's in Foxborough, I think the Patriots will win. I think the Patriots have the edge, obviously, at being at home. How is that team going to look? Without Dak last year, they were not that good. But with Dak coming off a big ankle injury, ankle, lower leg injury, we'll have to see how he plays, obviously, in early in the season. But right now, I have the Patriots winning that game. They're going to be 4-2 and two after Week 6. Week 7, you play your second game against the New York Jets on Sunday, October 24th at 1 o'clock. This is at home. 
whether it's at home, in New York, in the middle of nowhere, outer space, I'm still picking the Patriots. Patriots, uh, what is that, 5-2 and two after seven weeks. Week 8, Sunday, October 31st, so Halloween. 405 start where the Patriots go to L.A. to play the Chargers. Chargers, still not that good. They got Justin Herbert, great young up-and-coming quarterback. I just think outside of that, that team's not really that good. They have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. They did lose Hunter Henry, so it's going to be a little homecoming game for him. They, the the Patriots destroyed the Chargers last year. I think this is still going to be a win nonetheless. Five, what is it, five? No, six and two after eight weeks. Loving this team already. All right, week nine, November 7th, 1 o'clock. Patriots go to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. This should be another win. And if Cam Newton is the quarterback, it's going to be a homecoming game for him. Panthers also, same boat as the Chargers, same boat as the uh, Texans. Just not that good. Not yet. They got some nice pieces. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, one of, if not the best running back in the game. Is that going to be enough, though? Is Sam Darnold going to be enough to beat the Patriots? I don't think so. I don't think so. This should be a win. Now, when I say it's a win, these should be wins. You look at the uh, schedule last year, and those were some tough games against some tough teams. Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, the 49ers. Those are four tough games. So far, one, two, three tough games so far. So, and we're not even, we're just halfway over. Halfway done with the schedule. Week 10, Sunday, November 14th, 1 o'clock. Cleveland Browns come into town. I'm a big fan of the Browns. A lot of people are big fans of the Browns. I think this is a game where the Patriots could fumble the bag. And the Browns win, whether it's home or away for the Patriots. I think the Browns have the edge here. And I'm going to give the Browns the win, pushing down the Celtics to 7-3 and three on the new campaign. Week 11, Thursday, November 18th at 8:20, Super Bowl 51 rematch. New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons. Patriots beat them in the Super Bowl. Patriots beat them the year after. Atlanta Falcons. Ah, their defense just, just sucks. I mean, their offense is incredible. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Julio Jones has been in a lot of trade rumors, especially surrounding the Patriots, surrounding the Broncos even. You know, pick any team that can take his salary. They're probably in the mix for a generational talent in Julio Jones, although he is on the wrong side of 30. But I think he's 31 now, so he may not be on this team come then. But I still think that the Patriots should be able to beat the Atlanta Falcons that week. That will push the Patriots to 8-3 and three on the 2021 campaign. Week 12, uh, Sunday, November 28th, 1 o'clock. The Tennessee Titans are welcomed into Foxborough. A rematch of the wildcard weekend game in 2019, which was Tom Brady's last game as a New England Patriot. Titans come into town. Going to be a tough, good game. I give the edge to the Titans. I just think overall they're a much more complete team. Obviously, I say that now. A lot will change for both teams between now and Week 12. I just think overall that team is better. I will give that win to the Titans, but like I said, things could change. Patriots could walk away with this win. It is in Foxborough, let's not forget. If it was in Tennessee, I'd probably chalk it up as a sure L, but since it's in Foxborough... 
I still leave the door open a little bit for the Patriots to win this game, but for the sake of this uh, this practice, this segment here, we'll give the loss to the Patriots, pushing them to eight, pushing them down to eight and four. First game against the Buffalo Bills Monday, December sixth at eight fifteen. The Patriots go up to Buffalo to play the Bills in probably the freezing cold. A lot of people say that the Bills' reign of the AFC East title is over after one season, that the Patriots are a better team with this game in Buffalo, and the Bills still a very, very good team. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. I just see them potentially winning this game, pushing the Patriots down to 8-5 and five on a two-game losing streak. Could the Patriots go in there and, you know, flex the Patriot way and, you know, pull out a win like they did against the Bills for 20 years? Sure, maybe. But, you know, just seeing the Patriots versus the Bills last year, I just have a little faith. Although, you know, the Patriots are completely a different team. I just think the Bills are just really good and good enough for you to lose this game regardless if the Patriots are the better team or not. I think... That Patriot-Bills rivalry this season is going to be a very good one. And to be the first game in Week 13, and obviously the second game will be probably one of the last games of the season, I would assume. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who can pull out the AFC East title because, you know, it's between the Patriots and the Bills, let's be honest. The Dolphins and the Jets. No, 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 no. Week 14 is the bye week for the New England Patriots, so they do have a late bye week. I'm assuming it's the last bye week in the regular season. Last year and for you know years past, the first one was in week four and the last one was in week 13. Obviously, with the extra week added on the regular season, I'm assuming the first bye week is in week five and it is confirmed that week 14 will be the last bye week in the regular season. So the Patriots have the last bye week playing 13 straight games. This is where, at least in my prediction, they will be 8-5 and five at this point come their bye week. Already an improvement from last year in terms of win total where they were 7-9 and nine last year. And come their bye week in week 14, they already have 8 wins compared to 5 losses. Moving over to week 15 where the time, the day is to be determined. But the New England Patriots will be going into Indianapolis to play the Colts. Colts are a good team. They lost Phillip Rivers due to retirement, but they have Carson Wentz. So how is he going to mold and gel into that offense? We'll obviously see and be able to be told come week 15. But are the Colts going to be, you know, that playoff team like they were last year? Are they going to be a, you know, formidable offensive line with a solid defense? We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who could win this game. I want to say Patriots, but if I'm going to be realistic, I'm going to say Colts. If this game was in New England, I would probably say Patriots. But since it's in Indianapolis, I want to say the Colts. So let's go with the Colts here, and let's bring the Patriots to 8-6 and six on the season. Week 16 is that second matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots on Sunday, December 26th, the day after Christmas at 1 o'clock. I'm going to have the same mentality that I did for the first game between the two teams. I think the Patriots will win, will win this game because they are the home team. Those Both teams are very even in terms of strength, I believe. We'll have to see whose roster is better come that first matchup in Week 13. But as it stands right now with how both teams are constructed on May... I don't even know what today's date is. 
May tw- on May 12th, I think, you know, the Patriots will win the home game. And when they go to Buffalo, they will lose splitting the season series. This will be bumping up the Patriots to 9 and 7. Moving to week 17, which in years past would be the final week of the regular season. But with the 17th regular season game, it is not. The Jacksonville Jaguars are invited to New England on Sunday, uh, January 2nd at 1 o'clock. Trevor Lawrence makes his Foxborough Gillette Stadium debut. Jags aren't a good team. I just don't see them competing with the Patriots. Not this year. If Trevor Lawrence turns out to be the quarterback, prospect, talent, generational player that he's supposed to be, maybe next year or the year after we could have an argument. But as it stands right now, Patriots are the far superior team than the Jacksonville Jaguars, pushing the Patriots to 10-7 and with one week to go. And speaking of one week to go, it is the last week of the regular season, week 18, Sunday, January 9th at 1 o'clock, where the New England Patriots will go down to Miami to play the Dolphins, starting the season against the Dolphins, ending the season with the Dolphins. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because come this week, a lot's going to be on the line. Are the Patriots a win-in-their-in kind of team? Are they are they going to need to win the game and get some help to get into the playoffs? What are the state of the Dolphins going to be? I think because the Patriots will be in playoff contention, whether it's for the division or for a wild-card spot, I think that this game is going to be extremely important and meaningful, especially depending on how that Week 16 and that Week 15 matchup go against the Bills and the Colts, respectively. That could be a very important game, Week 18, for the Patriots. So I'm going to say a win, just because I'm anticipating that game being very important, where in years past, the last week of the regular season has usually been a, now it doesn't matter, we have the one seed, we're locked into the two seed, whatever, let's rest the starters, play the backups get out of here healthy and well let's focus on the playoffs it's obviously past that time for the team I think this game is going to matter and be important to the point where the Patriots will actually have to go to Miami get a win where they have struggled in years past to do so with a anticipated win in week 18 I see the Patriots finish finishing after this little segment 11 and 7 on the regular season is that going to be enough for the Patriots to get into the uh, playoffs, whether it's with the AFC East division title or with one of those three wildcard spots? I don't know. I don't really know. That extra game added on is very interesting. You know, 12 and 4, 13 and 3 is usually your top two seeds, where 11 and 5, 10 and 6 starts to be kind of the bottom. Your playoffs, maybe a 9 and 7 team sneaks in there. 11-7, I want to say, is at least a wild card. Obviously, the division is something else, and that's going to be a battle between you and the Buffalo Bills. But I think at the end of the day, the Patriots will be in the playoffs one way or another with a record of 11-7 and after this segment with how the Patriots and the teams that they're playing are constructed right now as of May 12th, 2021. Things could change between now and the preseason even, between now and week one, between now and week, I don't know, 13 when they play the Bills in Buffalo. Things could be completely changed. Hopefully, as we get closer and closer to the regular season, I would love to do another segment like this because the Atlanta Falcons may trade Julio Jones to, I don't know, Buffalo, for example, and now the Bills are extremely better and like, oh, okay, so I can see the Patriots losing both of those games. Or, I don't know, 
Carson Wentz gets injured for the Colts, and now that game against the Colts could be a little bit more of a layup than we first thought it may be. The Cleveland Browns, they may get hit with an injury bug, or they may completely suck, where, all right, Cleveland coming into Foxborough, so what? Right? So a lot can change between now and then. I'm really looking forward to it. And for the record, if anyone really cares about the preseason, week one of the preseason, the Washington football comes into town on August 12th, which is a Thursday. Week two, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Patriots will be at Philadelphia, excuse me, on August 19th, which is also a Thursday. And then week three, a seasonal tradition, the Patriots and the New York Giants will be playing in the Meadowlands on August 29th, which is a Sunday, and all games are at 7.30 local time. Obviously, with the extra um, week added on to the regular season, there is one week in the preseason that is lost. I think it's a win-win for the league, the fans. I know the players have had some outlash about not liking it all too much. You know, their game checks get a little smaller for their salary, but it is for, it is what it is, and I think this will be a big investment for the league and the players in years to come. But that is my prediction, my breakdown of the Patriots 2021 regular season, how it is, you know, hopefully will play out. I would be happy with 11-7. and seven. Like I said, I think that's a playoff spot, whether it's the division or a wild card. Could they do better than 11-7? Absolutely. Could they do worse than 11-7? Absolutely. A lot is going to change between now and then, like I've said before, and I'm really looking forward to the season. I'm so happy I'll be back home in time for week one. And, yeah, football is on the horizon. We had the playoffs. We had a little bit of downtime in the offseason. We had free agency. We had the draft. Training camp is coming up. I'm just excited to be talking about football again. I really am. Celtics are an abysmal mess. The Bruins are entering the playoffs. The Red Sox are in the heat of things. Speaking of the Red Sox, let's check on the Red Sox score. Red Sox. So currently, it is to 4-1 in the top of the sixth inning against the Oakland Athletics, where the Athletics are winning. Can they win? They're starting to turn to the, they're starting to turn to the Celtics. I mean, obviously, a game against the Athletics isn't a game that they should be winning because the A's are pretty good. But I don't know. The Yankees are only two games behind you. And let's see. How are the Yankees doing? They're winning one nothing in the top of the eighth against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yankees are on a little bit of a winning streak here. So, um, yeah, you're going to have to watch out for them. Yankees are 8-2 and two in their last 10, and you're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. And if anyone cares, for the record, let's just check on the Celtics game before we leave. 42-39 at halftime, so they came back just a little bit, but they're still down by three at half. You should be up by, like, 15 at halftime. Let's just be honest. Oh, my God, these Celtics. Oh, my God, these Celtics. Oh, my God. So I know I kind of alluded to it during this episode, and I've talked about it in the past, but, yes, I am going away for basic military training with the Air Force on June 1st. So May 31st will be my last Merv's Boston Sports Talk episode for a couple of months because obviously I won't be able to record episodes while I'm away from my military duty. It is something that I've kind of held off making an announcement on. And am I kind of making an announcement now? Yes, but I don't want to go too much into it now. Just know that it is on the horizon. It sucks just a little bit more because last week I did take off because of my <clears throat> my <clears throat> sore throat and my illness that I was dealing with. 
So it does kind of suck in that manner, but uh, it's just something that, you know, obviously I have to do and I'm looking forward to doing it and I can't wait to, you know, go away for the military. I'm very excited for it. It's just going to suck that I won't be able to not do YouTube. I won't be able to do the podcasts. You know, it's going to, you know, bum me out a little bit. And with the YouTube, I can have, you know, a backlog of videos scheduled to be released, which, you know, I plan on doing. So I'll still be able to kind of push out content over on YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Murph's Boston Sports Talk over on YouTube. I have great content over there. I really do. Not only is every single Murph's Boston Sports Talk episode over there, but I got MLB The Show 21 gameplay, The Wheel of Dynasty. I'm talking about, you know, former New England teams that, you know, aren't a thing anymore. So like the Hartford Whalers. I have one coming out, a video coming out tomorrow about the Worcester, Worcesters. That's a that's a mouthful to say every uh, every time I had to say that, right? It's just a lot of good stuff going on over there, and I you know that's gonna be a great way for you to stay up to date and involved with you know, right? The the channel, the the podcast, and all that. So it is something I do kind of want to mention. It's kind of a little near and dear to my heart that I won't be able to bring out Murph's Boston Sports Talk episodes until I'm done with the mil- my military orders but I don't want to you know make this episode you know all down and sad because the Celtics already did that but I want to leave this on a good note I'll definitely talk more about it as we get closer and closer but I just wanted to leave that little nugget in your mind between now and the next episode or the episode after that whenever I really kind of dive more into it but anyways guys thank you so much for joining me on this episode this was super fun to do talking about the Patriots schedule my predictions Let me know what you think about the Patriots schedule, whether they're going to do good, bad, mediocre. Let me know down in the comment section below if you're listening on YouTube or reach out to me on social media if you're listening on audio-only platforms like Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. Reach out to me on social media at Murphs underscore Boston ST where the ST stands for Sports Talk. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying Hump Day's I mean Wednesday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And between now and Friday's episode, I hope you have a great one. I hope you stay safe, and I love you, as you all know. But until then, I'll see ya. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.